it's real. It, it really is real. I, I was with a friend the other day that was in jail for over a year. He was a pastor and was in jail. And it's real. And he said it wasn't easy. He said, honestly, he went through discouragement. He went through, he fought for the first part, but then he had to start renewing himself. He's like, you know what? I can be the most free person, not because of this jail cell, because of the, the Spirit of God living inside of me. And so he had to renew his mind. He says it was the hardest thing that he had to put it into action, being separated from his family, just in jail for 421 days. And, and it was just because of the gospel, because of Jesus. But anyway, he was just sharing with me that it's possible, even in the jail cell. When you find yourself between here and there, the now and the then, it can feel difficult to embrace life and all that it has to offer, especially when you feel like you haven't arrived yet. Wherever you're at though, we wanna help in that beautiful struggle of transitioning well through aspects of faith and life with The Places Between, a podcast all about transitions. Hi, I'm your host, Wendy. I'm a storyteller and a creative with a passion for adventure, fitness, and faith. What began as a love for travel, experiences, and community turned into helping clients around the country tell their own stories and inviting others to join them. I've always been passionate about people fully living. That means navigating those places between, opening up a safe space to have conversations and encouraging growth along the journey. So join me as we explore what it's like to transition well on the places between. Have you ever been given a word by someone that dramatically impacted you? It either brought you life when you were questioning a lot, or it brought clarity and peace when you really needed wisdom. I believe throughout our lifetime, we will have people we both know and don't know speak into our lives as direct encouragement from God. When you think back to your faith journey today, can you recall the times that you were deeply encouraged? in a season that you truly needed to be? For me, that's how this ministry friendship began. And I'm also here to tell you that God will speak through His Word, His people, and circumstances to get your attention. Months ago, I was so excited to dive into this global ministry, a community called Love Says Go. And I really had no idea how God would use this ministry in my life let alone how the ministry would be impacting others. It was a total deep dive into all these incredible things that they're doing and part of. And I just love how God is using this ministry, Jason and his wife, Debbie, the founders, today. I'm excited to dive into a conversation with the founder of Love Says Go community, Jason Chin. Love Says Go has brought Holy Spirit equipping to over 100,000 believers from 60-plus nations to share their faith in power. And Jason, along with his wife, Debbie, want to help you do the same. If you've ever wondered if God could speak to you directly, how He moves in the miraculous, or if signs and wonders of His presence are alive and active today, let this podcast encourage you this week that God does move. He speaks through His people to encourage others, not just me. And he is still healing bodies, hearts, and minds today. 
you'll get to hear about it. Being part of what he's doing is what Love Says Go is all about. And I cannot wait to dive into this conversation with Jason, as I just know it will encourage you and hopefully give you the faith and courage to believe that anything is possible with God in your life and as you're connected to His Holy Spirit. The life of faith is meant to be a wild adventure, and while we're all in the places between moving from one season of life to the next, it's more about the journey than it is about the destination. And I just love how God invites us all in to each experience it tangibly with Him and through Him so that we might love like Him and be like Him to a world who desperately needs Him. I couldn't be more thrilled to introduce Jason and share this conversation with you today. I pray you're incredibly blessed by our conversation. So if you're ready for it, why don't you pull up a chair, grab that cup of coffee, and dive in with us to The Places Between. Jason, it's so great to connect with you online across the world. Yeah, likewise. It's so good to be with you, Wendy. So excited for today's podcast. Absolutely. I've been eager to connect with you for quite some time. It's We were just talking offline about how awesome the internet is, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Tell us where you are right now. Okay, so right now we are in Basel, Switzerland. It's on the border of France and Germany. And so, yeah, that's where we're joining from. I love it. I'm familiar with your ministry. I'm a little familiar with your family and some of the pictures that you've posted, thanks to the world of social Mm -hmm. media. But just for listeners that are tuning in that may not know about you or your story, tell us a little bit more about who is Jason. Obviously, Switzerland is home right now. And then what is something that's bringing you joy as of late? It started for me back in 2006 is when I gave my life back to the Lord. And that was because of a praying mom that wouldn't give up on her prodigal son. And then in 2007, I started Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. And at that time in my life, I was a single dad that had went through a divorce, raising three children. So I was going through Bible school with a nine, eight, and seven-year-old living with me. And so it was a time in my life where I was the most passionate and the most alive on the inside with Jesus just saving me and all this stuff. At the same time, getting through brokenness, you know, with a broken heart. And so it was like a a kind of a paradox, but Jesus heals everything, you know? And so just God did restorative work in my heart, my family. But then at Bethel, I learned these ways to connect with God and hear his voice and learn how to pray for people. And we actually started seeing people get healed, not just headaches going away, but we literally saw a blind man at the park that couldn't see anything. We're giving socks away, pray for his eyes, his eyes open up, like completely blind And that started me on a journey to just want to let other people know things that I was learning in school. I was trying to get this out to them. And so that's how Love Says Go started back then. It's a whole nother story of how the name came about, but for time's sake, I won't go into that. But then it started this journey of us wanting to teach and train and equip others that they could know God. They could hear God's voice every day. They could minister healing to everybody that they come in contact with on a daily basis. And so we started doing trainings and God started blowing on that. More people came and it's just been a wonderful journey. And so in 2016, I met my my dream wife, Debbie. She's a Swiss gal. We prayed and God said, go to Europe and bring Jesus to Switzerland, you know? And so we've been out here journeying and just, yeah, loving the 
global body of Christ, but really the European bride also and the American and all over. But our heart really is just burning that the bride of Christ could know him more and then who they are in Christ, they could manifest him in their daily life to those that don't know him. Well, that's so much in like such a short amount. I'm sure we could really unpack that. Let's back up a little bit because I know that you had said you found Jesus. Did you grow up in a Christian home to begin with or was this like your whole life and then you encountered Jesus? Great question. So so I didn't grow up in a Christian home since I was little. So I was 13 years old. The moment I remember my mom walking into the house with a her eyes looked different. Okay, that's all I can say. So my mom had met Jesus that day. Some man had witnessed to her at a at a fitness center called YMCA, and she ended up get, getting saved. And it started a wild journey with my mom, getting to know who God was. And so I, I saw my mom walking with the Lord like really radically. Literally, my mom actually started the deliverance ministry shortly after this, reading the Bible. And she's like telling the pastor that, it says here that we shall speak in tongues, we shall cast out demons, we shall do these things. She's like, how do I learn how to do these things? And so the pastor said, you can heal the sick, you can do that, but casting out demons, we believe in it, but you just aren't allowed to do it at church. You can't do it in the church building. So he let my mom and her best friend actually start a, a home group where they did the started deliverance. So my mom started a deliverance ministry in our house. So on Friday nights, they would cast demons out of people. And so it was a wild time. It was in the 80s. And like I said, I'm here because of my mom's prayers. If you had to pick one person to be next to you in a war, you know, if it was a spiritual, like it would be my mom. I have many friends that are well-known uh, generals of the faith, but my mom is bad to the bone you know, when it comes to spiritual things. And so, but I, I never made a commitment to the Lord. When I was 18, I made, I did make a commitment to the Lord, but I walked away from the time I was 18, no, probably 19. I might've been 20. It, it lasted maybe one to two years, but then from the age of 20 to like 35, I was 15 years just really into the world, going into many things of deep darkness. And my mom always praying for me, always telling me about Jesus. I always had that mom that knew what was going on, you know, supernaturally, prophetically in my life so much that even me and my my friends, like my mom would call me before we do bad things. And they would be like, your mom knows. And I'm like, she knows. And my mom would say things like that she's been up for the last three nights and couldn't sleep because she's been praying for me. And so we all had this fear of God, but more fear of my mom a little bit. And mm -hmm. so one day I just felt I had to get my mom off my back once and for all and go to church just to get my mom off my back. So my plan was I would go to church, sit through it, because I wasn't living with my mom. We were like two hours away, but I'd go to this church, tell my mom after the service that I tried your Jesus. He's not for me. So never like, please let it go. Leave me alone about this Jesus thing. I tried church, everything. It's not for me, but I go into this little country church, pastor at the end of the, does an altar call and the prodigal son comes home that day and I in tears and just, it was crazy awesome. And that yeah, thank God for that. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. I just think back to like when I was 15, I remember telling my mom, this Jesus thing, that's great for you guys. It is not for me. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of like a, we're calling God's bluff in mm. essentially in a like, okay, you're thinking I'm going to go to church. I'm going to prove once and for all, I'm just not into this. And he's like, oh, okay, just wait and see. <laughs> I told my mom that night. No, maybe it was a while ago, but 
anyway, I said something to my mom, maybe it was recently that we were talking about how God kind of tricked me in that moment. I said something like, yeah, another name of God is Jehovah Sneaky. <laughs> like he's Jehovah Sneaky. He'll, like it just total setup sometimes. I love that. So you meet Jesus, you have a total encounter with him. Now, at what point did you come out to Reading to attend Bethel? Yeah, so it was really shortly after my conversion, which I'm actually kind of glad about that. It was maybe a year, year and a half after I was saved, where the Lord called me out of the business world. And yeah, and I, he spoke to me, I was reading my Bible one day, and he just said, he said, son, which is so wild, because like I'd hear stories about my mom hearing, saying God spoke to her and never really knew kind of what that was like. But I just remember I was at my job one day, like reading my Bible during the lunchtime, and I just heard this inner voice that said, son, you need more training you need to go to Bible school. And at that time I was an executive, a partial business owner, had 15 employees, was very successful, like on the outside. And the Lord was calling me to like give that up and go to Bible school. And so it was about a year and a half tops. So I was recently saved. But like I was saying, I'm kind of glad about that because I didn't have to unlearn a lot of stuff, you know, like sometimes if you're walking with God a long time and you just kind of have certain things that you're kind of set in, I was thankful that I I didn't have to unlearn much because I was fresh. So like learning different ways God spoke or that God says everybody can heal the sick or these things, I just believed it because mm-hmm. I didn't have any training opposite of that. So, you know, there's other people I know that have heard teaching and training for years where God doesn't speak anymore only to certain people or only certain people can do this or that. And it's an obstacle for them to overcome the, some of those teachings that they had. So for me, it, it went really quickly, I would say, the learning things. And also, I know my mom's prayers didn't hurt at all. Thank God for praying moms. I can absolutely say that that's 100% the reason why God gripped my heart. It didn't take very long. My rebellion was when I was 15, all the way through high school. And then God radically got a hold of my heart at the end of high school. It took a little while to be like 100% in, dive into the deep end. But he definitely got a hold of my heart at the end of high school enough to change the trajectory of my life. So awesome. yeah, thank God for praying. Awesome. <laughs> also like it's flip because I became the praying dad. Right. And I had a similar story with my youngest son was a prodigal, mm-hmm. like into some crazy stuff, like gangs, like we're talking like bad crime stuff mm-hmm. when he was in high school. And I would be like, I'd say raiding the throne of God, but I'd just be like petitioning God. I was like, God, like we're seeing hundreds of high school kids get saved, but like, what about my son? You know, and he's living at home with me at this time and just into some bad, like I didn't find out all of it until later because they don't tell you, you know, at that age, but there was a lot going on. And the Lord just told me, he said, if I would take care of his kids, he would take care of my kids. And so I prayed for him. I did everything I could know what to do in the natural, you know, as a father and ask him just doing what I knew how to do, but there was a lot of secrecy going on, but the Lord literally saved his life. There was a, he wished Like someone pulled a gun on him, tried to shoot it. The gun wouldn't go off. It's like a Todd White story. Literally, the gun's jammed, won't go off. He's running away. Then the gun goes off. It shoots him through his knee, but does no damage. He has had miracle stories after miracle stories. But two years ago, he gave his life fully to the Lord. You know, he's walking with the Lord. And it's like the faithfulness that God has from parents to kids. It's like just to encourage the parents out there that have kids, you know, that aren't walking with the Lord don't give up, you know, because your prayers are powerful. And they, they, you may not see it, you know, in this second, but those prayers before God's throne are eternal. 
And they really are, are working to the good of the behalf of those that we love, you know, and just to encourage those watching that have loved ones that aren't walking with God yet or the walked away. It's like those prayers are going to pull them home. I just know it. I've seen it. I Too many stories that like God is working on our loved ones' behalf mm-hmm. for their good to come back. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think about the way that I pray for my sister's kids and they made professions of faith when they were little in elementary school or going to kids camp or whatever. But the parable of the sower and the seeds, like the the cares of this world are, it's so easy to just like pull people away. And I had once heard about like praying the trajectory of like, don't just pray that they would make better decisions but actually pray like, thank you that they made that decision. Thank you that they will return back to you. Thank you that you see the whole line, not just the inch that we see two days from now, a month from now, but God sees it all. And he has a plan for everyone. He is so faithful. Amen. In that season, when my son was the farthest away, God had to start challenging my heart to pray. He wanted me to partner with the way he saw my son not the way I was seeing him through his actions. He didn't make me sit with him, but in prayer time, he'd say, Jason, look at the way I see Brandon. Okay, look at the way that his destiny is in, in me. And so even though his life was crazy on the outside, I had I would sit with the Lord and say, God, show me who Brandon is to you. Show mm-hmm. me who you designed before he was in the physical existence. You said that you knew him before he was in his mother's womb, Jeremiah 1.5. And so you had a destiny for him. Who do you see my son to be? in his perfected state, you know, cleansed with the blood of Jesus. What's the potential of my son? And so God would have me sit with him to see my son like that and then speak and pray from that point and that perspective Mm -hmm. and make the declarations over his life from that perspective. And it was much, my prayers changed a lot. And I knew it was doing more for his good and more against the kingdom of darkness, praying from God's heart and his perspective towards my son. Wow, wow, wow. That's so good. Praise God that he knows Jesus. Amen. Yeah, it's cool. I get to disciple him. It's a little bit online too, but we send videos and things. It's like awesome. I love that. Well, I'd love to back up a little. You referenced Love Says Go earlier. And, you know, I think some people might be tuning in being like, sweet, how does Wendy know Jason? (laughs) Most people that have been listening, they know a bit about my journey. And it's so funny because like I describe how I learned about your ministry and I just as we were talking before we started recording, like just the ability of internet and tuning into things that are global. And obviously 20 years ago, this couldn't have happened. So for listeners to understand, I was tuning into the Love Says Go community. You did these global Zooms. I remember there was a Saturday morning and I didn't know if 20 people were going to be on the call or 500 because it was my first time tuning into this Love Says Go Zoom. And so I just hopped on and it was so neat to see people literally from all over the world tuning in and you were doing like your summer module of training of hearing God's voice and how to get pictures and that healing is possible and practicing prophetic words. And for those that have listened to The Places Between, really since the beginning, a lot of people know that my journey was completely opposite of charismatic It's something that I've kind of just dove into more recently, like within the last 10-ish years. So the idea of we can hear God's voice, we can participate in healing through Jesus, you know, we can cast out demons, heal the sick, all the things. 
but that's not something I grew up with. So the Love Says Go community was really refreshing to me. And then I even just remember reading in your book, like, I love how you talked about how natural it was to hear God's voice and like how your your waiting tables at mm, Olive Garden, Olive Garden. Italian yeah. restaurant. <laughs> at Olive Garden, <laughs> you know, you're just like <clears throat> hearing God to say, go in the other room and clean that table. And like, I think people, some people think it's really weird. How do you hear from God? Like if he created the world and you can hear from him, you just have such great tips about getting before him and actually hearing him. Is that something that you can expand on even just a little bit about what you did? I remember you talked about going into like a room and just, I don't know if it was you were blasting worship music or you were just like, okay, God, I'm not leaving until you talk to me. <laughs> Absolutely. So for me, a couple of things happened. I, I read in the first year school ministry, a book by Benny Hinn called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. And he just talked about that the Holy Spirit was actually a person you could get to know. Like it wasn't just this off the wall wind or something like it was actually mm-hmm. had a personality that you could actually have a friendship and fellowship with. And so it, that caused a hunger in me to like know him. And then there was a summer where my kids were actually away for the summer with their mom and I had them in the school year. And so the Lord spoke to me that, that he wanted to be my summer job because I always worked my whole life. And so I was going to get a job. And so I said, Lord, what job should I get? He says, I want to be your job this summer. I go, what are you talking about? He says, I want you to learn how to spend time with me, getting to know me. And so I did, I literally, and again, when I share this story, some people instantly, they think, oh, I cannot spend that amount of time. It can't work for me. God's not asking that for everybody. He's asking you to give what you can. And and in different seasons, it's different. You know, like when my kids were home, it was different. You know, like we all have so much capacity, but there is a truth that if we seek him with our whole heart, we will find him. He says that. So it's a promise in the Bible, but we all have capacities of what we can give to know him. And so what I learned is as I was pursuing to know him, he showed up. And there's the hunger. Heaven is attracted to hunger in people's hearts. And so it's not a, a set amount of time. There's no formula on how much it takes. It's a hunger of our heart pursuing him as a person. Okay. And so I would went, went into my room and I'd be like, Holy Spirit, I want to know you. And I'm not going to lie. The first few days, it was not awesome. Like it was literally, I was thinking this is going to be a long summer. Like that's literally what I was thinking. I was like, I don't even know how I'm going to do this. But on day three, things started happening when I was just like, God, uh, literally what happens, I woke up, it was day four, actually, I woke up in just in my bedroom because I that's where I'd pray. I, I actually, I took a, a curtain rod and I put it across my room and I just split my room in half and I, half of it was my prayer room. So anyway, I just, that's what I did. And so I went into my prayer room and so, sorry, I woke up in my room and I felt the presence of God. Like I felt a tangible, just electricity. Like I felt something was in the air. It was different. When you turn your heart to awareness on him, it's like tuning in. Hebrews 5.14 says that we can train our, our senses to discern. So there's spiritual senses that we have. We have physical senses and we have spiritual senses. And so the Holy Spirit was teaching me how to tune my spiritual senses into him. And so I woke up with an awareness of his presence in my room greater than I had the previous days. And I heard the Holy Spirit and I go, Holy Spirit, is that you? And I just heard a whisper in my heart that says, who do you think it is? Yes. And so I heard a voice, like, again, it was like a whisper in my heart to say, lay back down. So when I laid back down, I just started feeling like the presence of God was just like a waves and it was like liquid electricity. And it was starting like on the outer part. Like sometimes when you're in church services or somebody tells you something, you hear something anointed, you'll get like the goosebumps, you know? 
or the chills. It was like that, those chills were like kind of going through all over my whole body, but then they were going like deeper. And it was just like wave after wave of his glory, his presence. And I was thinking, wow, like this is incredible. And then things just are like happening in the secret place with him. And I'd be talking with him and just asking him questions. And I would start to hear again, like an inner thought that was getting more clear to be like, turn to the Bible. Like I would hear like Romans 518, for example, and I would open it up and start reading. And it would be the exact answer to the exact question I just asked. And I'd be like, wow, it's like, Holy Spirit, like I'm hearing you. Like it just was so awesome. Like just getting to connect. I was like, wow, there's no way this could happen. I ask you a question and then I tell me, I hear a Bible verse and it's the answer. Like there's no way. I was like, God, this is awesome. And then what would happen is I'd go to the mall and I was just wanting to get to know the Holy Spirit, you know, keep this dialogue. And I'd be like, you walk into the mall and I'd see a gal at the sunglass kiosk. And I'd just be like, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm learning that you're like my best friend. I can fellowship with you. Hey, what's that girl's name? Like, you know it, like, what is it? Right. And I, again, I would just hear like that same whisper that told me the Bible verse. I would hear Sonia, Sonia. So I, I walk up and I'd be like, Hey, excuse me. Does the name Sonia like mean something to you? And this actually, that was the exact thing that happened. It was a sunglass booth. It was a gal. I heard Sonia. I walked up to her and I go, does the name Sonia mean something to you? And she goes, yeah, it's my name. I actually didn't believe her. I was like, I don't believe you. I was like, prove it to me. So she actually digs in her purse, grabs her license and it says Sonia. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I'm just like a little kid that just has to tell her. So I'm like, oh my gosh, you won't believe this. Like I just found out like the Holy Spirit could be my best friend and I'm learning his voice. And and I just asked him like what your name was. And I heard Sonia and Sonia's your name. And anyway, I, I just went on to just telling her how I just gave my life to Jesus recently and God wants this relationship. And I didn't know how to evangelize per se. I just was telling her what was going on with my journey. And, and I don't remember the rest of the story, but I just remember walking out of that mall thinking, wow, this is like real. Like, wow. It's so real. Wow. Well, even just to go on that, I'm thinking, you know, so I'm telling this story Five minutes ago, I'm sure listeners are like, wait, you didn't finish. Because <laughs> I'm I'm talking about the Love Says Go community and I'm tuning into the Zoom. And exactly like the stories you just shared about, like diving in deeper to God's presence and how to cultivate hearing from God. And like, I so agree with a heart that's hungry. If you chase God, He wants us to pursue Him, but He's always pursuing us. It has nothing to do with like, us being like, oh God, I'm going to find you. He's there. I think he shows up when we go before him with a hungry heart. He shows up more. So anyways, backing up to this call that I'm part of the Love Says Go Zoom community. And Jason actually had led us, this is for listeners, Jason, you had led us through a visualization of I think it was being buried and like dead to sin. And then you talked about the righteousness of Christ. So I had this visual of we're all closing our eyes, picturing probably different things for every single person. And I'm participating in this Zoom call. So I'm closing my eyes, going through the visualization that you're talking about. And I'm thinking, well, I was buried. And then you're talking about the righteousness of Christ. And I'm thinking, well, I was raised raised out of the water, like a baptism, like raised to life kind of thing. And we come out of this and I'm already emotional, just purely based off of the time in the presence of God and just experiencing the Holy Spirit in the call that you could just feel was tangible. And then I had told you this earlier, Jason, that 
Jason goes into a prophetic word and it's directly over, hey, Wendy, I feel this. God is telling me this about your ministry and X, Y, Z. And what Jason didn't know or what other listeners didn't know at the time was that I myself was begging to hear from the Lord on a specific subject of like, do I step forward in certain endeavors with the podcast and really questioning a lot? And that was like the exact word that I needed. And I just remember like totally losing it, crying. And there's other participants going, oh, you made her cry. And I'm going, it's total confirmation. Like, I love how God speaks not only through his word and through the Holy Spirit, but also through other people that are connected to the heart of God. And that's exactly what you were talking about. You heard from God so that you could go speak to Sonia in the mall at the kiosk so that she could hear there is a God who loves you because you just discovered him and there's a God that loves her. I just think that's so that's so neat. So I'll stop the story from there, but I just think that was so powerful. And I know that the Love Says Go community, like you have resources in terms of like you've written books and you continue to do these Zoom calls. And I've just been so blessed by even getting to tune in over the last probably six months or so. But I'd love to share even just with listeners a little bit more about the Love Says Go community, maybe for how they can get plugged in. Can you share a little bit? I know that on your website, it says that you guys have already equipped over 100,000 believers from 60 different nations, which is like mind-blowing to me. I'd love to hear just you talk about how you and Debbie approach Love Says Go. A couple of things. Can I piggyback or tag back with something? Sometimes when people hear like visualization and stuff, they get a little freaked out, okay? Mm-hmm. But it's super biblical where it talks about meditating. Like when, when God tells Jeremiah, he says, meditate on the book of the law day and night. Do not let it depart from your mouth. And in doing this, you'll have success. The word meditate, biblical meditation, actually, when you break that down in the descriptive words in the Hebrew, it says to think deeply. It says to ponder and then to envision, okay? So it's mm-hmm. pondering the scriptures deeply until you envision, until you can see a mental, clear mental image of it, and then you repeat this, and then you speak it and you study it. But a very big, important part of biblical meditation is to see the text come to life. It's not enough that it just stays as written words on a book. When God wants us to meditate on the, the words or the, the biblical text, he wants it to paint a picture of images, of like like a story. It's really what it's after. It needs to become visual, okay? And so God wants the biblical stuff. So anyway, there's so much power in that. Bill Johnson talks about that. Andrew Womack talks about the power of meditating biblically to see it come alive. Like Bill Johnson will read a text, but he'll close his eyes until he sees it actually as a picture show, you know, of Lazarus raising from the dead. He sees it. He sees it. Andrew Womack talks about it too. And what it does, it builds faith because faith is believing. And so it's, it's getting it on the inside. So if you don't, if you hear, like we cause people to visualize, I don't want you to have the wrong understanding. Like it loves to go, we're not doing these weird chants and stuff. I'm just saying we're taking the Bible. You never said that at all, but no, yeah. I get some people when you, when I say that word, they question it because they've been taught that visualization is from the new age mm-hmm. or they'll say that, you know, but God caused us the way we communicate is to see images. It's just, you go out to your car and you, you, and you leave Walmart you're not thinking silver Honda Civic. You have a mental image of your car in that. And so, so we're very visual the way God communicates to us. So yeah, so it's really important that we can learn the skill of biblical meditation and seeing it come alive 
Because what happens is when the biblical text starts to come alive in our imagination and in our heart internally, it triggers something. Like if you start meditating on, on healing in the Bible scriptures and you just start envisioning blind Bartimaeus and what happened there. And then, you know, the guy in John five or the, just, you start envisioning these tell you, you think about them, ponder them, like what it must've been like being in there. What happens, all those things are getting on the inside of you. Those stories, the word of God is, is actually coming inside. What will start to happen next is you'll start dreaming at nighttime. You'll start dreaming at nighttime of you being in the storyline. And then all of a sudden it becomes even more real because you're dreaming about it. And then what that does, it, it makes it to where in the physical realm, no longer is it just in this unseen realm and in the inner eyes of the heart. Now in the physical realm, it's faith is actually birthed on the inside. Okay. It empowers us to actually be ready to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to do those things. When we first have those settled on the inside, it's such a, a powerful key. So that's actually my, my next book. It's called The Unseen, or it's called Unseen, Seeing the Invisible to Do the Impossible. But a big part is biblical meditation and then stepping out in faith to trust God at his word. But you've already done business in the secret place with him, you know, meditating on his word. Okay, so you asked about the Love Cisco community. Yeah, so we have a beautiful community. We started our Love Cisco Academy, I think 2012. And so we've had about 10 years of just, you know, incredible students, all age groups. And yeah, it's, it's a group of people all over the world that are really just hungry. I'd say there's nobody in our community that's not hungry to know God. Like, it's just, you won't last long. I don't mean, when I mean hungry, like you're saying it, you said it beautifully, Wendy, that we're not trying to get God, like he's there, like we're in union with him. But there is ways that we become aware and there is ways that we, he grows us into knowing him more. Okay. so. It's a community of people that we gather. We have training videos online. We have action steps. We have live things. But our heart really is that we could know him more, like in a secret place, you know, like having private set-aside times. How can we know him more, become aware of him, enjoy him, know God more in, in the secret place? But then how do we learn how to walk with him in our day-to-day? How do we learn how to be aware of our connection, our union with him when we're at our job, you know, when we're at the workplace how do we become aware of him in those moments, you know, and then his voice and, and doing life with him? We really are there to encourage one another towards love and good works and hearing other people's stories. It helps us because we're all learning that God has an individual story with everybody. The way he speaks to one isn't always the same. He speaks to the other, but there's so many things we can learn from hearing each other's stories of how the Lord's speaking to yeah. us. But yeah, we have many stories, man. There's a one gal, she's a stay-at-home mom. She has a special needs son that's an adult son. She was a nurse by profession, but she started our school, but started hearing God's voice so clearly that she was getting people's names, birthdays, conditions, like it was wild. And when she started our academy, she was so scared to practice, mm-hmm. you know, because she's like, are we allowed to practice this? Is it okay? And, and she was so scared to talk to the first person. She said she literally had a paper bag and she was breathing in and out because she was almost feeling she's going to pass out to talk to a stranger in the parking lot. She had a name for the person and ended up, ended up being the person's name. She ended up one day, she was at the shopping center and she looked across the parking lot and she saw there was a psychic fair. And she just felt the Holy Spirit say, go check it out. So she walked up and then she saw a booth. There was, was a psychic booth and she heard a name and a birthday. And she'd learned that this could be, might be the Lord. So she went up 
And the lady said, would you like me to tell you your fortune or, you know, do a psychic reading? And she says, no, no, thank you. She says, but I just wanted to know, does this name and does this date mean something to you? And the lady, she didn't go by her real name, but she goes, that's my real name. And that's my birthday. And she says, how do you know this? And she said, basically, the lady asked, like, where do you get your information from? The lady's name is Terry. It's part of our community. She said, like, I'm learning to hear God's voice, but he loves you. And she just shared you know, about the Lord and witness to her and got to, she got to pray for her and everything, but just really incredible stories, what God's doing all over. Like even just thinking about that, it's like, we live in a world where even Gen Z, you know, that they're anti-religion, but they are so spiritual and they are going Mm -hmm. after there's tarot cards and the King Supers checkouts. They want the supernatural. And they're getting it from other places. So why not get it from like the one true source that's king above it all, that's creator of all of this? Why not get it from God? If you're seeking the supernatural, I just think, you know, these kids are going after it. So it's like experiencing God in the levels that he can do is, you know, obviously it's so much more pure. And what an encounter. Wow. I just think... Even just some of the healings that you've referenced recently that the Love Says Go community has either been a part of or some that you've mentioned like in your blogs recently. Can you share the lady with the stomach tumor? There's two stories that really stick out to my mind. It's one with the lady with the stomach tumor and two, the girl with the scars. And I just like to encourage listeners, like this is what is possible walking with the Holy Spirit and seeing that God can do literally anything. Yeah, I love both of these stories because both of them, there was no professional healer involved in the story other than the Holy Spirit. So the first one was, I was a school of ministry student just in first year, and we, we were actually at a Benny Hinn crusade, okay? But we were in line. We were students that were going because we wanted to see all of the stuff that we've heard about, you know, the miracles. So we're in line and we see all of these people that, that have these prayer needs. And so one of my friends actually knows Benny Hinn's assistant. So she calls and says, hey, basically she asked if, it's, if we're allowed to pray for the sick in line. Because even though I believe everybody can, we're anointed to pray for the sick and all of these things, I also really believe we operate under authority. And this is Benny Hinn's meeting. And so we don't just go there and just, because we can, just have a healing service out in the parking lot. Like we ask permission, okay? So anyway, we ask permission and Benny Hinn said, sure. He's like, go for it. You have permission to pray, pray for them. So we ended up, uh, me and some friends were in line and we started just saying, hey, we are Bethel School of Ministry students. We're, we're learning how to pray for people. Would, would you be interested, basically? So we had some people line up and the power of God just started moving. People were like falling out under the power. A deaf ear opened up on this one lady. A lady got baptized in the Holy Spirit and had never prayed in tongues. Another lady walks up to me and she says that she has a breast tumor and asks if I could pray for her. I'd never seen a, a tumor dissolve before. So I just pray for her, put my hand on her shoulder, pray for her. She goes to the bathroom, comes back so excited. She goes, it's 50% gone. It's 50% gone. So I'm like, oh my gosh. So then we pray again. And then this time I followed her back, you know, towards the restroom because I wanted to not wait for the information on what happened. So I, I was outside of the lady's restroom. She comes out and she goes, oh my gosh, it's dissolved. It's dissolved. I have no breast tumor. It's dissolved. So then there's a long line outside of the woman's bathroom. And so the lady, she shares with everybody, I said, tell them what happened. So she says, you know, they prayed for me. I had a a tumor on my breast. It's completely dissolved. A lady walks up to us and I think she looks pregnant. She's like, looks like nine month pregnant lady in this big dress. 
And she says, can you pray for me? And I go, what? And she points to her stomach. I think it's her baby that she wants me to pray for her baby. And so I'm thinking there's something wrong with the baby. She, I go, do you want us to pray for the baby? She goes, it's not a baby. She said, it's this tumor. She said, I have a large stomach tumor. And so I'm like, oh my gosh. I was like, yeah, let's pray. Okay. And so what I did is I had the lady that just got healed. Me and her put our hand on this lady's stomach. We asked if we could pray. We prayed and just, I don't remember what we said. What we've learned to say is we just command, you know, we speak for the mountain to move. So we, I'm sure we just spoke and said something like tumor dissolve or cancer be gone or some sort of declaration that we did something like that. But what I remember is it feeling like a balloon popping under our hands, like literally the dress just went and it was like popping a balloon that would be under a lady's shirt. That's what it felt like just under our hands. It went from feeling something to like, it's like gone, literally her dress dropped in like, so like a large tumor. I don't know what God did with it, but all I know is her belly that looked nine months pregnant went flat like that. Just, and so it was crazy. She's crying. We're crying. We don't even know what to say. Like we haven't even been trained enough to see these types of things to even know what to do when you see them, you know, but we're just praising God and thanking Jesus. And it was just wild. Okay. So that's Mm -hmm. that one. And that was Wow. Incredible. So God, just thank you for that. And Lord, we just pray if there's anybody watching right now that has a cyst or a tumor or something like that, that God, you say the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. And we command all cysts, tumors, any growths that are not helpful or not healthy, we command those to dissolve right now in Jesus' mighty name. Be gone because the King of glory tells you to go in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Dissolve. Yeah. You want me to do the second one? Yeah, I would love to. Okay, I'll make it quick. So I was doing a youth training in one St. Louis. I don't remember which state because I think every state has a St. Louis, but one of the states. And we're teaching the the youth group just things that we're learning. And so we we do a healing training. And I think there was maybe about 30 kids in this training. And we were just teaching them that we have the authority of a believer and being empowered by the Holy Spirit. All believers are anointed to heal the sick. And so we did a short little training, and then we had them pair up to one another and just start releasing healing for whatever the prayer need might be. So all of a sudden, this girl starts like making a lot of noise, crying and like getting really emotional. So we have to find out what's going on. So we walk over to her. She said, I haven't had feeling for my leg since I was two years old. And I go, what's happening? Tell us more. So what happened is we paired the, the two up. It was a 12-year-old boy that had never prayed for anybody before that had just prayed for her, Okay. So she tells the backstory. When she was two years old, her dad drove a semi-truck. And so in the morning, she heard the dad start up the semi-truck. So she's two years old. She runs out to the semi-truck, jumps up on like the step or the stair of the semi-truck. The dad didn't know she was there. So he backs up. But what happens, he literally backs over his daughter, mm-hmm. drives over the top of mm-hmm. his two-year-old daughter. They have to life flight her to the hospital. They do an emergency surgery. They save her leg. But since that time, she's had no feeling from her knee down. She's had zero feeling. Her leg was full of scars from the accident. She had zero feeling so much so that she said she came home one day and she had stepped on a nail, didn't know it. And she looked and her whole shoe was completely bloodied. And she says she had zero feeling. She says, now she says, I'm starting to feel feeling on the toe, on my toes. I'm starting to feel feeling for the first time. She says, I can feel my sock. So we're like, oh my gosh, like God's doing a crazy miracle. So everybody grabbed, went around. Again, we just had the the boy that was praying just continue. So we're like, we're partnering with you. Just keep praying. And so we just, you know, he spoke more. Jesus, thank you for what you're doing. We just speak for full restoration, full healing to come up, you know, just saying some prayers like that. 
And then we, we start testing it, but she's like, it's going up higher. I can feel it more. I can feel it more. So she's feeling coming up. So we did it again. We prayed again, you know, and did it. And it's going, coming up higher and higher. She gets full feeling on her leg. But then what happens is the scars start dissolving. She's like, oh my gosh. She's like, the scars are, are starting to dissolve. They're like, look, and we're looking and no kidding. The scars are shrinking. The scars are getting smaller and smaller too. And so she goes away that night. That was Saturday night. So when we leave on Saturday night, her had full feeling all the way through her leg, all the way full restoration. And the scars had dissolved about 50%. Okay. That was like, we went home and we're celebrating everything. Sunday morning, we come to church that we knew that she was going to testify. The pastor said she's going to testify. So Sunday morning, she's up front, but now she has another friend with her. And so she testifies, but she says through the night, all of the scar dissolved. She says, there's no scar. And she was, and the lady, the other girl that was on the stage, she said it was her best friend. And she told the story to her best friend the next day that wasn't there, that night that wasn't there. That friend had been cutting herself and had hundreds of scars, she said. And so she said, the friend asked the other friend, she says, do you think God could do something for my scars too? And the girl that just got her leg healed, she says, well, let's pray. So she prayed and they said this, I never witnessed this, but they said this from the stage. They said they watched one at a time, the scars lit up and they dissolved, lit up like a light. They said literally like a line of light, gone, light, gone. And they said, they, they witnessed Jesus dissolve every scar on this girl's arm. And this girl gave her life back to the Lord because she was far from God, but not anymore because Jesus did this miracle. So these are outrageous things that, that we just give you glory for God. For people that aren't watching, if there's silence, it's because I'm trying to like pull it back together. Yeah. I just think that's such a testimony of what God wants to do in people's lives. And I even just think about dear, dear friends of mine that might be listening that have had like just ongoing horrible back pain, like a girlfriend of mine in California and just other people that live with these debilitating like things, you know, even scars, scars from the past scars that they never even chose or scars that they chose at the time and how God wants to heal all of that. And, you know, I loved the word that you gave a couple minutes ago of like, if anybody is listening and they have a tumor that that cyst or that tumor will be gone in Jesus name and the back pain and the afflictions that are causing pain, we just command them to leave in Jesus name and people overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And every time a testimony is released, that's like that tangible application of you have the permission to say, Lord, I want that too. And if anything, that's what I've experienced. God, do it again. So thank you for sharing both of those stories. I know you have a lot of stories to share, but I also want to honor your time. I guess just a couple of questions left for listeners tuning in. I will tag everything in the show notes, Jason's website, lovesaysgo.com, right? Love yeah, lovesaysgo.com. Yep. And if you want to be a part of his community, he has resources that you can tune into. And it's blessed me so much that this is a community that I actually can't imagine not having a part of it, which is so wild because it's only been like six months or so. But wow. people that tune into the podcast regularly, a couple of weeks ago, we had Luke, who's part of your Love Says Go community. He talked all about writing his book that comes out this month in December. So that's amazing. And I just think about all the things that you are doing through the Love Says Go community and the people that are part of it. And it's, you know, life, as this is a podcast about transitions, life is all about transitions. 
we're transitioning with God all the time and we're asking him what's next and what words he can give us along the way. And I think about somebody that might be tuning in going, this is all great. And these miracles are really fun. And yes, I want to experience that, but that hasn't been their experience with the Lord. Like, what would you say, I guess, as a final couple of questions, what would you say to encourage somebody who might be listening going, this is amazing. I've just never experienced that. Any suggestions of where you would encourage someone? First off, I would say that like you were saying earlier, Wendy, that we are connected with the Lord one in spirit. So the Lord is never far, okay? Like never far. But sometimes our understanding, our awareness, our perception of his awareness is, you know, not on point. I believe with all my heart, the solution to everything we're going through is actually we're united with a solution. I'm not going to say that life, like all the ducks are in the row, like they're not. Like that's my joy doesn't come from all the ducks being in, a, in the row in our life. Like, oh my gosh, like people are just complicated. Okay. I'm just saying, fam, like all of us have situations that can diminish our joy. Okay. If we're looking outwardly on circumstances, like the circumstances don't always change. I'm, I'm sorry, at least in my experience, I've not everybody I've prayed for have I seen the miracle yet. Okay. Like I know Jesus, he's the role model. He's the one that we look up to. We don't look up to the most anointed man of God that we see. No, like Jesus says, he's the role model. So he has to be the example, right? So that's for attaining to have what he paid for, but nobody's walking in that yet. Okay. So we have to learn how do we navigate the discrepancies to what the role model, the example is, and what my experience is. Okay. And so on the external things, situations, there's always things to challenge my joy. There's always things to challenge my hope. There's always things to challenge whatever it is. But the Bible is very clear on the inside of me, in my spirit, I am connected to overflowing joy. I am connected to overflowing hope. God is the God of all hope. So in my spirit, my spirit is unified with his spirit that has everything I need. And so I have to learn by my soul or spirit, soul, body, but in my soul, I have to learn how to renew and align my soul into what my spirit is experiencing. Okay. And I renew that by the word of God. It's so it's like to get through hard times, we have to go inward a lot of times and not the external. Okay. There's people that are fighting sickness and that's so hard. I get it. There's challenges that we have in our life still that we're waiting for breakthrough in, but I, I won't allow the external thing shift what's happening on the inside. Okay. So on the internal reality, I'm united with God. I'm fellowshipping with him. I'm receiving the joy. Okay. I'm external circumstances, super discouraging, super hard. You just want to quit in the physical. The soul is also diminished. Like, oh, again, like, but in my spirit, I can align by faith to be like, okay, the God of all hope, Jesus, who's full of joy, his spirit is in connected to me. It's like, I need to connect with that. I got to open the valve of my soul to let some of that that's on the inside touch the outside. Okay. So you're, you're looking inward. Okay. And you're getting your hope we walk by faith, not by sight. There's eyes that we have of our heart, not the eyes of the natural. So we have to go inward to get the hope that, that resides on the inside, okay? And you can get to a place where you're unshakable, to where you're full of hope, full of peace, full of joy in the Holy Spirit. Nothing shifted on the outside, but it shifted on the inside. And you get to where you can get really to be rock solid and it's not make-believe. It's really a real spirit that it has all of these attributes that's, that's infusing his life, his presence, his joy, his peace, his his perspectives is infusing. It's coming through his spirit into your soul and it can start manifesting physical changes in circumstances, but it happens on the inside. So I would say really he's the answer. Try 
to connect with him, try to open your heart to Jesus that has all hope, all peace, all joy, all righteousness, all healing, everything. Yeah. And I feel like God's saying, like, don't be discouraged. Like, don't be discouraged, but don't just try to muster it up. You know, let him that's real, that's living on the inside, empower, you know, hope and those things. But it's real. It really is real. I, I was with a friend the other day that was in jail for over a year. He was a pastor and was in jail. And it's real. And he said it wasn't easy. He said, honestly, he went through discouragement. He went through, like, he, he fought for the first part, but then he had to start renewing himself. He's like, you know what? I can be the most free person, not because of this jail sale, but because of the Spirit of God living inside of me. And so he had to renew his mind. He says it was the hardest thing that he had to put it into action, you know, being separated from his family, just mm-hmm. in jail for 421 days because of the gospel, because of Jesus. But anyway, he was just sharing with me that it's possible, even in the jail cell, mm-hmm. being separated from his wife, not seeing mm-hmm. her, that he could live free and full of God and, and hope. And anyway, it was a testimony. Wow. I haven't had to live that. I, I pray none of us have to do that in the jail cell. But Yeah. No, that's all so good. Thank you for sharing. I personally don't know how people do it without Jesus. So it's kind of one of those things that it's, you know, I'm hopeful that people that tune in, I believe most of my listeners and most of our viewers are walking with the Lord, but occasionally people aren't. And it's something, all of this is possible with Jesus. And if you don't know him, I would just encourage you to ask God to reveal himself to you grab a Bible, or even if you don't have a Bible, just to ask, okay, God, I'm listening, reveal yourself to me, and He will. I have no doubt about that. I don't always trust my mind because, you know, it's easy to play that wheel over and over and over again. So I listen to worship music almost 24-7 just because it really helps encourage my heart, and that has a way of getting into the depths of your soul. So thank you for sharing all of that, Jason. Last question as we start to wrap up. As it's a podcast about transitions, what place would you say you are between? And then how can we pray for you? Yeah, so the Lord's given us like a bunch of things to build. And so we're going to have an app that'll have tons of free training. And the Lord just really spoke to us to make it so easy for people to get this into their hands. Kind of like Henry Ford made the automobile available to every family. He says he wants that to be, so I got a picture of Henry Ford up here, but he wants us to build something that would be so easy that can get into the hands of everybody. So anybody that's hungry to know more, that they could just quickly get training and get activated to start practicing this. So I would say prayer on how to do all of that, okay? To be like busy building, but also keep the secret place, you know, because you can like, you can get so busy that you lose busyness, like the intimacy and stuff. So I would say, I would love prayer for wisdom on what we're building and grace to keep him the main thing, the main thing. It's knowing him and then just helping make him known to other people. So that would be awesome. Absolutely. Well, I just want to pray for you right now, God, that you would empower Jason and Debbie to do what you've called them to do and that you would give him the grace and the understanding that they 
they know that they know what are the next steps and what are the steps to make this app possible. And Father, I just pray that you would breathe your favor over them, that you would go before them, that you would protect them from anything external, that they would they would keep their gaze focused on you, Father, that as they keep their gaze focused on you, that you would open the doors that you want to open, that they would be able to step into those new doors and new realms with you, Father, as you pave the way. And that you would just bring other people the right resources, the right people, the right conversations into their path, that they would know that these are gifts from you as they're taking steps of faith into the future with all of the Love Says Go community and ministry that you've placed on their heart. So we ask that you would bless them, that you would cause your favor to shine upon them, and that you would just be gracious to them in Jesus' name. Jason, thank you so much for your time today. What a blessing just to know about the Love Says Go community and to get to see the lives that you and Debbie have really on display. Thank you for letting us be a part and you've already blessed me so much. So I have no doubt that it's blessed listeners tuning in. So thanks again for joining us. You're welcome, Wendy. Oh, I had a word of knowledge. I didn't get it. Is it, I know we're out of time. You can cut it out if you need to, but I, I wrote this out earlier and I completely forgot about it till I just looked down, but I I really felt there was going to be a a Rebecca that's going to listen to this. And I saw the number K or the letter K. And so I don't know if it's spelt with a K or something is connected, but I saw Rebecca. And then when I thought about that, I saw her marrying Isaac. Okay. And Isaac means laughter and joy. And I feel there's a Rebecca that's going to be watching this that needs some hope, needs some more joy. And I feel in this season that there's going to be joy and to like, even like we're talking earlier to connect, like Jesus has the most joy. And so I just, just want to speak and just even prophesy and speak that that in this season, she's going to be married to her Isaac, to laughter. And the Lord's restoring laughter back to this Rebecca and to just open your heart and just even pray to Jesus to increase that. But Rebecca, you're married to the most joyous Jesus on the inside and that there's a real shift happening for you that your laughter is coming back in Jesus name. Amen. And Rebecca, if you are listening or watching, and this is a word for you, I want to hear about it. <laughs> Amen. Because I would love to, yeah. How many times do you get to follow up with people that, it, that were like, yes, Lord, that was for me. So thank you for that, Jason. All right, you guys, thanks for tuning in. We're so excited to see how you are encouraged through this time with Jason and hearing all about Love Says Go and just want to wish you a wonderful week ahead. And thanks again for tuning in to The Places Between. We'll catch you again next time. over here cheering you on, friend. You just finished another episode of the Places Between podcast. If you want to access more, be sure to subscribe or visit theplacesbetween.com to learn more about our guests, episode sponsors, upcoming retreats, and more. Like Stay in the Story, a 25-day devotional all about staying in your story while you wait on your dreams, on God, and on life to come to fruition. And lastly, if you're looking for an online community of people who also want to transition well, then come say hi over on Instagram at The Places Between. As always, thanks for taking time to dive into The Places Between. Until next time, keep enjoying that journey.